Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. He, Jesus, is everything. And that's why he could say to his disciples, without me, you can do nothing. Now, nothing in the Greek language means nothing. You got it. We can't do anything. Jesus is everything. The totality, complete. He's everything. He, we might say he's A to Z and everything in between. And without him, we're lost. Without Christ, there's no hope. Have you noticed how fearful people are today? If you live in the Washington, D.C. area, I was looking at the news, uh, and this one guy was talking, and they were interviewing him, and he said, you know, he went out to get his gas and for his car, and he's pumping the gas in the car, and he says, you know, I was pumping my gas and looking over my shoulder. And he's, you know, fearful. We live in a world that, that, that people are fearful and afraid. Saddam Hussein has got... Weapons of mass destruction ready to use them. People are fearful and people are afraid. Listen, Christian, you don't have to be fearful. Because the Bible says that he's not giving us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a, 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 a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. We don't need to be fearful. We need to be men and women that are full of faith. Why not be fearful? Because we know and we believe that Jesus Christ is everything. We really believe that he is the totality. He is A to Z. And we have him. And without him, we know that we're nothing. And we know that, that where we're going when we take our last breath, see, there's confidence in the Alpha. There's confidence in the Omega. There's confidence in Jesus Christ. And we don't have to be fearful. We can be men and women who are not full of fear, but full of faith. Because of Jesus, because of who he is, and without him, we are all men and women most miserable. Without him, he's the Alpha and the Omega. Notice in verse 14, we are blessed if we keep the commandments, and we have a right to the tree of life and to enter the gates of the city. Notice in verse 15, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually, the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Notice that outside the gates of the city are dogs. Now, some people might refer to this verse and say, see, there are no dogs in heaven because outside are dogs. And for cat lovers, they say, there's no dogs in heaven, but there are cats in heaven. And because it just says dogs, it doesn't say dogs and cats. It just says 
It's right there. And, and they just cats in heaven. And, you know, I honestly, I'd have to agree that there, there, there probably are cats in heaven. Because where else would they get the strings for the harps that they play in heaven? I'm t- <laughs> I couldn't resist it. I did it first and second, and I just couldn't resist I'm sorry. Y'all forgive me. If you had a cat, you're like, no. Forgive you. But you know that dogs, you know this doesn't mean literal dogs. You knew that. And get this. In Oriental cities, dogs were considered scavengers and unclean. And so in the Bible, it is true. Dogs are, are, are considered morally unclean and impure. Now, for you Bible students, listen at this. Philippians chapter 3, do your homework in your own time. Philippians chapter 3, Paul the Apostle, he calls legalists and Judaizers dogs. Interesting. Legalists and Judaizers, legalists who are going around and telling the Gentiles that they had to go under the knife and be circumcised in order to be a Christian. They were saying, look, if you're going to be a Christian, then, then, then it's got to be painful. They were saying, these legalizers and Judaizers, it's got to be painful to be a Christian. And there are people who say that today. You know, if you're going to be a Christian now, it's got to be painful. It's got to be tough. You got to do this and you got to do that. And it's got to be tough to be a Christian. And if it isn't painful, then not really a Christian. Some people who are legalists would say as they sharpen their knives and put you under yokes of bondage by which Jesus said they themselves are not able to bear. So they say. These dogs, these Judaizers and God says outside of heaven are people who are morally unclean and impure, as well as sorcerers. You know, good Bible students, the Greek word for sorcery is pharmakia. You knew that. Pharmacology, pharmacy, it links itself to witchcraft. Those who are into drug abuse and witchcraft are outside of heaven. Whoremongers and murderers, idolaters. All will be outside of heaven in a place known as the lake of fire. Well, then notice in verse 16 of what Jesus has to say. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things. Note, in the churches. That's interesting. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. Notice God says, I have sent my angel to tell you these things, to speak these things to the churches. The things that John wrote down were to be read by the churches. What churches? Well, chapter 2 and 3, we know the churches. But also the churches that are alive and existing throughout eternity. We're to read these things and understand these things. Here we are at the end of the book. And I would agree that much of the book of Revelation, it seems fantastic. It seems almost fanciful. And, and, and it seems just, just incredible and almost too good to be true as you study this book. But listen, it all is true. How do you know that, Rodney? Because God says right here, I, Jesus, have sent my angels to testify to you. It's all true. Jesus says he is the root and the offspring of David. Now that's an interesting title. Found, for, found about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 11 in your own time. Look that up. 
as the root of David, Jesus brought David into existence. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus brought David into existence. And then as the offspring of David, the babe in Bethlehem, he was a descendant of the lineage and the line of David. And so he's the root from David and the offspring of David, Jesus Christ. He's the bright and the morning star. And then notice in verse 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirst come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Notice that. Now, if you're a note taker in your Bible, you should write this. This is the greatest and final invitation of the Bible. The greatest and final invitation of the Bible. God is saying, come to heaven. The spirit is saying, come to heaven. And the bride is saying, come to heaven. The bride. We know from Ephesians chapter 5 that the bride is the church. So God, the Spirit, and the church is saying, come to heaven. God wants people in heaven, as we've pointed out. God wants the sniper in Virginia, the D.C. area, to come to heaven. God wants Osama bin Laden to come to heaven. God wants Saddam insane to come to heaven, believe it or not. He does. God wants people to come to heaven. And this is the message of Christ. And this is the message of the Bible. This is the message of Christianity. Come. All other religions, all other world religions, what do they say? They don't say come. They say go. Go do this and go do that. Go clean yourself up. Make yourself righteous. Go, go, go help yourself out. Go pull yourselves up by the bootstraps. Go and reach a place of nirvana. But the Christian Christ, Jesus, says, come just as you are. Don't, don't go first. No, you'll mess yourself up. If you go first, you're already messed up. You're going to be worse. Don't go. Come. Come to me. This is the message of Christianity. This is the gospel message. Isaiah chapter 1. God says to his people, the ox knows its owner and the donkey knows its master. But my people, they don't know their God. And then in verse 18, here's the invitation. God says, come now and let us reason together. God says, come on, let's sit down and talk about it, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet red, God says, I'll wash you whiter than snow. Isn't that awesome? Amen. It's an awesome promise. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 through 3. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, well, you can come. Come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. For why do you spend money? For what is not bread and for wages? For what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live over and over. The message of come. Jesus said to, to, to his disciples, let the children 
come to me. Again, Jesus said, come to me if you are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. John chapter 7, you know, Jesus said, if you are thirsty, then come unto me and drink. The Christian message and the Christ message is come to Jesus, everybody and anybody. That's the message. Anyone, come. Well, you say to me, Rodney, you know, I don't understand all the Christian doctrine and theology. Well, come anyway, because it doesn't say whoever understands, let them come to the water and drink. Oh, you say to me, Rodney, listen, man, I just can't repent like the way I should. My heart is hard and I can't even weep over my sin and feel bad like I should. Well, you should come anyway. Because the Bible doesn't say whosoever feels, let him come. Well, I don't know if I can, Rodney. I don't know if I can live this Christian life the way that I should. Well, come anyway. It doesn't say whosoever can. It says whosoever, anyone, come. I'm not worthy. Come. It doesn't say whoever is worthy. It says just come. Come as you are. That's the Christian message. Whosoever, I like that word whosoever. That's a small, big word. Isn't it? Have you ever thought about it? I mean, we kind of blow over words like that in the Bible. We get the good stuff. Like, you know, whatever. But, but, but the good stuff. But, but this word whosoever, it's a small, but it's a big word. No matter how big a sinner, whosoever. No matter how little a sinner, whosoever. Black sinners and white sinners. Skinny sinners, not so skinny sinners. (laughs) Whosoever, blue-collar sinners, white-collar sinners, all sinners, imprisoned sinners, free from prison sinners, all sinners, whosoever. And the only thing that keeps a person out of heaven is pride. Because the Bible says, Come, the spirit, the church, and God, all of heaven is saying, come. Well, then notice in verse 18, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book in verse 19 of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written In this book, notice that if you are tempted to add to this book or to the scriptures, you should read chapter 6 through 19 and decide whether you really want to add anything. Well, wait a minute, Roddy. Now, is it talking about adding to the book of Revelation or to the whole Bible? What is it? I don't know. And I don't care. Just don't do it. Amen. Don't add anything to anything. All right. This is not your home recipe. You don't add a little bit of this, add a little bit of that, take away this, don't taste right. I don't think I like that. No, a little bit, a little bit of that. I listen to some of these guys on TV. And I'm so, don't misunderstand me. I don't have a problem with TV preaching. I, I, that's fine. It's great if you're preaching the gospel and preaching the truth. But some of these guys, when you listen to them, it's like, hello, are you reading the same Bible I am? Do you realize what you just said is absolutely wrong? And it's not in the Bible? 
and you are adding to the Bible and God is going to add plagues to you? Talking to the TV, it's like, ah. take the TV. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back. These guys, it just drives me nuts. Don't add anything to it and don't take anything away from it. Now, here's something interesting to me and hopefully to you. Notice, if God is telling us, listen, if God is telling us not to add anything or take anything from it, then that would imply that this book can be understood. How often are we told, don't read the book of Revelation, it's scary. Nobody can understand it anyway. I mean, why take the time to study the thing? Who can understand all the interpretations and the prophecy and the symbolism? I mean, who can understand it? No one can. So don't even bother to teach it. I've been told that. And and that's not true. We most certainly can understand it. If we couldn't understand it, then why would God give such a strong rebuke about adding or subtracting from it? If we weren't supposed to read it and understand it, we are to read it and we are to understand it. As I told you in months past, I'll tell you again, the book of Revelation is not a difficult book to understand. Why? Because it has a divine outline. It is found in Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. John is told to write the things which he has seen, the things which are, and the things which will take place after this metatauta. Very good. You guys are, give yourselves a hand. That was great. You've learned something. And that's the, the whole outline for the whole book. It's real simple. Chapter 1, John is told to write the things which are. What is? Write write the things which he has seen. What has he seen? Chapter 1, the resurrected, glorified Christ. Write the things which are. Chapters 2 and 3, what? The church age. Seven messages given to seven churches in chronological order. And write the things which shall take place. Metatauta is the Greek word. It means after this. After what? Chapter 4 and 5, John is caught up in the heaven, and there in that heavenly scene, meanwhile back on the earth, chapter 6 through 19, we have the great tribulation. Chapter 20, we see the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. Chapter 21, we see a brand new creation. Chapter 22, and a bright new city. It's really easy. It's not that difficult. And God says, I made it plain. I made it simple. Now, don't add anything to it. Interesting. Deuteronomy chapter 4 is in prophecy that's much similar or a verse that's similar to this one. You shall not add to the word. This is the Old Testament, which I command you, nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord our God, which I command you. Don't add anything to it. Well, in closing chapter 2, Uh, uh, Chapter 22, verse 20. He who testifies to these things says. Read this with me, you guys. Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Verse 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We all said, Amen.
Now, did you notice something here? Did you notice? It doesn't say, may Calvary Chapel be with you forever. Did you notice it doesn't say that? Say, say amen. You knew that, didn't you? Yes, of course. And, and notice it doesn't say, and may your denomination be with you forever. And it doesn't say, and may your legalism be with you forever. Did you notice? It says what? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you forever. Now, listen, the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 4, the last book of the Old Testament, the last chapter, the last word is a curse. Did you see that? Notice that last phrase there. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. The last chapter, the last book, the last word of the Old Testament speaks of a curse. The law, which can only bring a curse if you're trying to keep it. The last chapter, the last book, and the last words of the New Testament It's not curse, it's grace. Did you notice that? Grace. God's unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor of Jesus Christ be with you all. That's what John says. Grace. Grace isn't the starting point. Grace is the point. Amen? But we are all saved by grace. It is the point. It's all about grace. It's God's grace that keeps us alive. For in him we move, we live, and we have our being. And that's all the grace, the grace of God. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. There you have it, a verse-by-verse study through the entire book of Revelation. Amen. And let me encourage you, as you stand to your feet, how's that? It says, only one life will soon pass. Only what you do for Christ will last. Is that how it goes? In this life, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what you do for Christ will last. That's what it says. Uh, Let me just encourage you. Keep doing what you're doing for Christ. Don't give up. Because Jesus is coming sooner than you think. Keep your heart in heaven. You know, I've often said, and if you guys have been here, you know, the way to be happy on the earth is to live your life backward. What do you mean, Rodney? Live your life starting in heaven, with your heart in heaven, with your mind on heavenly things. Set your mind on heavenly things, the Bible says. Live your life backwards. Start in heaven and then work your way back to the earth. Don't give up. Keep doing what you're doing. When you leave tonight, today, don't close this book. The Bible says don't seal up the words of this prophecy. Keep reading it. Stay in the scriptures. Keep loving Jesus. The world tries to draw you away from that. You stay close to Jesus. 
Stay close to his word. Because Jesus says, I'm coming quickly. He's coming sooner than you think. He's coming soon. When's that, Rodney? Soon. When is that, Rodney? Soon. Soon to soon. I don't know. But what I do know is that we are called as God's people to be ready. Be ready. And I pray that you are today. That you are. Wouldn't it be really cool? We finished the last chapter, the last verse of Revelation, and then the Lord comes like this afternoon at lunch. Wouldn't that be a trip? Wouldn't that be cool? If you think that's cool, clap your hands. I think that's cool. I'd be like, yes. On average. That's how I'm going into rapture, like this. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.